0: I'm Chris Lindstrom, and this is the Food About Town podcast. In episode 96 of the Food About Town podcast, Vince Press from the Democrat and Chronicle came over to the studio to talk about a couple of his columns. One of which is his column called I'm in the Mood For. Uh, this week's post on the website and in print was about pho, and the other one was about places where people in the restaurant business go to hang out, which makes for a really interesting discussion. We also dove into some of his radio career, and I really want to revisit this another time because it's fascinating stuff. So if you enjoyed the podcast, please go read his articles on the Democrat and Chronicles website or pick up a copy of the paper and check out his articles on fa and places where restaurant people hang out. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it out on social media. I'm at Stromey on Twitter and Instagram, Food About Town on Facebook. Make sure you tag Vince on those as well. Thanks for listening. another podcast and i'm joined by one time previous guest why don't you introduce yourself mr
1: vince press vince
0: oh look at that i i I still i'm gonna say i think vince press has the best voice for radio Oh well um the chef from new york wine and culinary center his is pretty good Mm. too um uh chef jeffrey oh his, his his voice is phenomenal yeah yeah, but I mean, you're you're right up with them. I mean, between you, him, and Michael Warren Thomas, I mean, very different voices.
1: Yeah, well, M- Michael's a pro. He is sure. a pro. And Jeff Je- Jeffrey's a he's a big bodied, big boned. You would think he would have a radio voice, right?
0: Right. I mean, you've yeah. got the uh, the uh, movie announcer voice going on, kind of thing.
1: Yeah. You know, in a world. Kind I was of, in yeah. radio. I told you four years. Yeah, four years of radio. CBS it's... Radio.
0: Oh, CBS Radio. I heard so many stories about CBS Radio over the years because I'm an avid radio listener.
1: I was the marketing director there for basically CMF, the Wheeze Show. Okay, a little, a little ninety-eight PXY, but that's when radio, we had big budgets back then. I had two full-time people that worked for me in the wow. promotions group. We had two vehicles, including that giant big red RV that we drove around. Oh, the, the tr- Wheeze, lo- looking uh, looking for yeah. bumper
0: stickers and stuff.
1: We had like a three hundred and fifty thousand dollar budget, a Buffalo Bills sponsorship. Wow. I mean, it was and twenty part timers and interns. It was you know, the the Wii show back then was like seven pe- full time people and the you know, the cast. It was fun. It was wow. a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I mean I don't think we talked about it last time 'cause I'm I'm a I'm a radio head. I mean I love radio and the transition over you know, since when I got really into it, which was like the early 2000s, uh, when I was listening to uh, Don and Mike's show on radio and yeah. listening to all that kind of stuff. And it was, I mean, how big terrestrial radio was at the time was crazy. It was, it's really something. And to see, you know, the transition's kind of uh, jarring now that it's, everything I listen to is either on satellite or yeah. uh, podcast.
1: It happened quick. I don't want to say in Rochester. I think some some of the stations are still pretty strong. But mm-hmm. I mean, it was a fun four years. I mean, Queens right coming up doing um, you know a little set in the studio. And oh wow! Lisa Lampanelli coming up and getting in a fight with people because of <laughs> her stances and
0: shocking that she would get into a fight yeah, with somebody. I mean, there
1: was just general craziness. You could count on something every day. It was a lot of fun.
0: What what was what was your most um, memorable were you in and around the studio like during the yeah, day? All what, the time. what was your most memorable like thing that that you remember that was kind of like th- this is this is radio. This is this is the craziness of radio.
1: Well, I like the I like the all the Buffalo Bills training camp stuff. Yeah. Um but the Lisa Lampanelli fight. She got in a screaming match with Dave Kane and they almost <laughs> killed each other. <laughs> I like some of the artists that came up randomly, all the food that came up every single day. Oh, I I can't imagine. In terms of food, there was somebody bringing... There wasn't a real, you know, fine line between Paola back then. I mean, somebody (laughs) always brought up something, and it was just loaded with food, and that was fun. Uh, There was no demarcation between kind of the sales floor back then and then, the you know, the talent in the studio, so... You know, you'd see people walking by, and that would be that would be content for the DJs to make fun of, <laughs> yeah. a salesperson on air. Oh, or, that's great. Yeah, it was it was great. That, that's some
0: of my favorite stuff, though. Um, when 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 radio crosses over into somewhat real, somewhat not.
1: Yeah, I mean, there was. Let's see, what what's one story? If um, Weeze and Tommy and the crew wouldn't mind me telling, <laughs> I was I think it was a post show. Are we allowed? This is non food related. Yeah, whatever.
0: I don't care. I talk the, about whatever I want.
1: This it's, was the um, it was a post show a programming meeting after the show was over. So everybody yeah. got together, said what worked, what didn't, and let's see. Weeze would always talk on his phone, and Stanley Main, who is a great guy, a program director, would always hate it when he didn't <laughs> pay attention. And Weeze would be on his phone and talking. Well,
0: and he, he's the Godfather of Rochester Radio. He doesn't need to pay attention.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah he doesn't. So let's see. One time, so Weeze finally said. Uh, all right, I'm going to pay attention. And he had to he had to pee real bad in the <laughs> meeting, so I think he went in the corner and turned around and peed in a bottle. And But he turned his head, so the rest of us knew he was paying attention yeah. in the meeting. And then the other time, it was he badly wanted to answer his phone. It was ringing. Everyone heard it buzzing. And Stan said, don't you answer that, Wheeze. And finally, <laughs> Wheeze answered it. Mm, anyway, uh-huh, okay, got it. All right, got it, yep. He hangs up. He's like,
0: bruh. That was Hillary effing Clinton
1: on the phone. <laughs> and it was. That's she was great. in the basement of the building. No way. Back when she was senator. And wow. She and call, she called up, wanted a tour, and to meet, you know, say hi to Weed, <laughs> Uh, Because he was a big, you know, Democratic supporter. Yeah. So she
0: That's...
1: came up with her entourage. I met her in the lobby over at HSBC Plaza, 10 or 12 people. And I was worried, I remember, about how do I get... Hillary and her entourage back to the studio without all the salespeople and admin and everybody oh, yeah. glomming onto them. Well, of course. I was like, how do I do this? And she took the whole place over. I mean, it was like a professional operation. She stopped in every cubicle and every off. It was her show. Yeah. I was worried about her, and I didn't, for a second, I didn't think I was dealing with way up here. She took the whole thing over, yeah. photos and this and that, and... I remember giving a wheeze bobblehead to her um, her handler, and she promi- She actually told me I saw her years after that Hillary had that on her desk for well, years after.
0: So. One of those kind of people that can they can absolutely take over, and it's one of those things that people discount as a skill when you can completely take over a room, take over a situation yeah. at any given moment. It's staggering when somebody can do that. It's an amazing force of personality. It
1: is. So that was that was pretty memorable.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Oh geez. I all now all I want to do is talk radio. <laughs> but we're we're gonna we're gonna just pivot over and talk food for a while. Maybe we'll do some more radio talk uh towards the end. Uh but Vince, uh his his column that he does is I'm in the mood for. And that's through Rochester magazine, right? It is, yep.
1: And the DNC it's they, the they printed in both. Yep.
0: Yep. So um one of the things that, this is one of the things that Vince does and kind of picks one topic and breaks it down, what, five or six different places?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's standard now. I, I've been doing it for six years. I'd like yeah. to think that when I pitched it to the DNC a while back, it was a new, the, a best of was kind of new back then. because And now you see it a lot. There's there's bloggers, there's podcasts, and a lot of people yep. doing good things. But I remember pitching it because I was a writer and in PR, and it was met with, are you sure this is going to work? And this was only six <laughs> years ago, believe right. it or not. But it's, and that's... I had to sell it for a year, and finally they're like, oh, let's try it. And my first column was uh, upscale mac and cheese, I remember, yeah. as, as you could get that only in six to ten places back then, and now yeah. it's everywhere. And, and so it's kind of been this, I sprinkle in a little history in the beginning, and I try to genuinely taste everything that I include. But it's a little best of. Well, it's hard to imagine
0: I mean, hard to imagine that you had to pitch the idea of a best of list, which, I mean, it's, it's, that's like staggeringly like backwards to think that that was a thing you had to pitch right? when, I mean, how just universally accepted it is as like a clickbait. Yep. It's clickbait perfection. And that's hard to imagine that that only five, six years ago, that was the case.
1: It's pretty telling how far we've come Yeah, even in that short period of time and, uh, yeah, it's it and it's tough, and there are some best ofs as you know, and and I don't think everyone goes to every place that yeah. they know about it, but even to to get five or six, you know, I did breakfast sandwiches at the end of last year. I just did a fa, piece, yeah. and I try to do categories too. Like well, I remember
0: when you were I remember one a while back that you were trying to get people to throw out recommendations for was uh, homemade pretzels, places that made pretzels in house. I remember that was a bit of a struggle to find.
1: Yeah, I try to be difficult to myself. That was a struggle. <laughs> there were only two or three in town. Now, even a couple short years later, right. there's a bunch of pretzels. Or there's more pretzels around. I had one the other night at an unnamed brewery that was not homemade. Sure. It was gigantic. Mm-hmm. And if you're drinking a bunch of beer, it's pretty good. Yeah, and I know the one you're talking about. comes with some cheese. Mm-hmm. and some. It took a long time to get.
0: Yeah, it's, it's on a giant pizza platter. It's, it's ridiculous. I liked it when I wrote the review of the place.
1: Yeah. And (laughs) and so when you're in there, when I think back about it, you know, could it be homemade? Maybe. There's a a place, you know, that's going to open soon. I know that the chef owner was perfecting homemade pretzels in his kitchen recently. Yeah,
0: I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. It's uh, a Untergarten. That's a Derek uh, Derek DePorter's place. He used to be the chef at the Revelry. That's taking over the spot of. Victoire, um, Victoire, yeah. yeah. Which, um, you know, I'm. I think it was time. I'm. I, I, I know there's there's still a lot of love for what that place was. Yeah. Um, but I mean, from what I hear from a lot of people that have gone there in recent years, there there was kind of a struggle with either the food or the service or both. And yep. I, I'm glad it's getting refreshed with a chef-driven restaurant yeah. concept. So, cheers
1: I'm, to Derek for making his own pretzels. It's not easy. I no, know it's God not no. easy to do.
0: Well, it's people the question is when you're doing something and this, you know, this is a good question for somebody like you who dives into one specific thing. The question is it, one, is it better Two, do people care? I mean, I know I care. I care if it's a homemade pretzel. I can tell that, you know, usually you can tell the difference, not always. Usually you can tell the difference, um, you know, the flavor development and the different textures and all the different opportunities for creative sauces. Um, I mean, this is something you you dive into a lot because you're yeah. trying all these different things. Do you think people notice? Do you think people care most of the time?
1: Well, it depends. I mean, I don't know that they care generally on a crowded Saturday night. Yeah. Um, I think they care when they finally have something that is far superior than what they just had. Mm. So, you know, I think the quality of it, the portions, I have <laughs> a portion beef. I know most of my columns, even some of my reviews have been positive, which I've been doing lately, just because I've gone to some great places, but I'm pretty picky inside. So I had at the same same place as the Big Pretzel. Mm-hmm. And again, this was a nice place. I, I I admire what they're doing. Great beers, great energy. I think they had a bacon kind of appetizer, a candied bacon. Okay. And a They only get it was like three or four strips of bacon in a jar. wasn't that many for what six or seven dollars. So the first time I had a bacon kind of snack shareable plate was in Philly at a place called Milk Boy. Okay, and it was a heaping bowl of bacon. So for six or seven dollars, they did not hold back. Right, you got something that was memorable. It was unbelievable. And I had it for breakfast. It was right by um, a hospital in Philly. I, first time I went in there, it was crowded and people were doing shots at 7 in the morning. I went in there, <laughs> it, I went in there for breakfast because yeah. I was there on business. Mm-hmm. I was like, what the hell is going on here?
0: Doesn't sound like Philadelphia to me.
1: <laughs> well, they're, good dr- they're drinkers there. Yeah. But it was, so I realized somewhat quickly that it was the third shift hospital workers that were getting oh, off of work. Right, that makes sense. And this place, smartly, was a bar... Yeah. it was open almost all night but they had this um bacon bowl and you know it was if it wasn't 15 strips of bacon it was 20 <laughs> same price but yeah. the place i was the other night and you ask yourself i understand you put a lot into a restaurant as an owner but yeah man you got to put at least 6 strips of bacon in that goddamn right
0: thing. i mean especially if they're thin and it's more sugar than it is bacon Because at some point, it's, I mean, I get it if you're doing it differently. If you're doing like a slab and you can slice it and all that, you can do cool stuff with it. I mean, candied bacon's an interesting opportunity if you have creativity with spices and sugars and all sorts of things.
1: But put a. I know the margins are important and you're trying to get going, but people will talk about it more and Instagram it more if there's... 12 strips of bacon and three or four. So just amp it up and you'll be fine. And also
0: people, people will pay more for that too. Yeah. And at some point, I mean, they'll pay more just because it's got that uh, panache about it. You know. Yeah.
1: Go uh, all in.
0: You yeah. got to go all in. Um, speaking of which, how, how is Philadelphia? I haven't, I haven't spent much time there other than just like a quick run through once.
1: I love Philly. I used to go all the time for my real job and I go, I go less now. But I think it had the reputation as being, you know, for the for the for the beer geeks, a better drinking town than New York. Mm. And for the gastro pubs, unbelievable. Every every section of town you would never even think of going into had a cool corner bar with beef jerky and bone marrow and canned beer and you know, dimly lit lighting and people would flock there. And then you get the Italian section and the Reading Terminal Market, which is their public market, um, which is similar to the West Side Market in Cleveland. It's which, a great ama- town,
0: amazing. I mean, those those buildings are really something. West Side Market, that was uh, just in Toronto. We went to the St. Lawrence Market downtown. Yeah, um, those old Art Deco buildings are really something. They're, they're they're stunning buildings, and it's amazing how few of them are left that are used like that. You know?
1: Yeah, it's. I would go. I mean, Philly. Their their sandwich, although everyone loves the cheesesteak, they have a roast pork sandwich, broccoli rob, sharp provolone, you know, at uh, Tommy denick's there.
0: It's a much better sandwich.
1: It really is. I mean, I'll eat both for sure. Yeah. But the stuff they do well, you know, they have the crab fries everybody talks about with mm-hmm. crab seasoning, but they have way high-end restaurants. They have divy bars. They have street food. It's a great city.
0: Yeah, it's home of some of the... Uh, some of the national kick for Israeli food kind of came out of yeah. uh, uh, Philadelphia with uh, Zahav. Uh, yep, been there; it's a great place. Michael Solomonov. Yep, it's yeah. great. Uh, supposed it. to be amazing. So very exciting. Um, yeah. Well, why don't we why don't we go through one of the, one or two of those articles and then we'll we'll take a break and right. see what else is going on. I think let's talk about breakfast sandwiches first because that's. Breakfast sandwiches are one of those things where I I have a lot of strong opinions about.
1: Yeah, and usually I try to do things before anyone else. Yeah. Like poutine I did four years ago. Right. And I I did ramen maybe three years ago. I try to do things when there's only four or five in town I can find, and that's Mm -hmm. how many I include. Breakfast sandwich... Has has been done before. I hesitated. I know Lynn did a great breakfast uh, sandwich article. Yeah, and that was one of her ago. one of her big one yep. of her big ones. Great. Yep. So I'll make the noise. I'm flipping the pages here. Yeah, and I did one we for the city the newspaper a few years. Yeah, back, that's yep. right. You did. Apologize. No, that's hey, right. stay, This is
0: you're, you're always going to recycle ideas when you're talking about food.
1: So I did breakfast sandwich because I love them. All right. I, so
0: yeah. So what? What for you? What is your breakfast sandwich? I know there's different varieties. Like, if you're your platonic ideal breakfast sandwich, what, what is it made
1: of? Well, I clearly for me, I, I love I just love the meat and cheese. There's all these kind of healthier versions and veggie and avocado and different things. Of course. I like the classic greasy kind of breakfast sandwich. I prefer ham over bacon, actually. I like that. I like a ham, uh, and, I like a ham
0: breakfast sandwich.
1: And I like a roll or a bun or a ciabatta over toasts.
0: Okay. So um, what 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 is your roll, though? Do you have a roll preference?
1: I, I like ciabatta. I like a hard roll. I like brioche a lot. You okay. know, if it's nice and squeezable. Yeah. For sure.
0: See, I think my my favorite in town, I like the, the real the hard roll that Marticello's makes. Yeah. I, I find it hard to go away from. Um I, I just like that crustiness and I'm as much as I'm, you know, I like I like Matt Petrillo from from the yeah. Meatball Truck, and I know his family's you yep. know tangentially related. I cannot stand that three tiered bulky Petrillo roll that they make that everyone uses. I yeah. can't stand it, and when people call it a hard roll, I find it distasteful. Yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah that's in, it's a technically interesting what you're saying. Yeah, I, I and and I like that a bunch of places are using. You know, the the local bakeries. And in fact, when I go through my list, some of them are bakeries, mm. like Leo's, uh, who had a very nice breakfast sandwich, actually. Really? And yeah, underrated. I,
0: I didn't know they really did that kind of stuff. I thought they were just a, just a bakery.
1: Yeah. They, and you can get it on a number of different rolls. I like their ciabatta a lot. They I think they had a chipotle uh, cheese that they use on their, one of their bacon sandwiches Okay, with a kind of spicy aioli. And sure. It's, it's really good. I mean, I was surprised. And it's a nice shop. I, I like it a lot. All right. Um, and so I think I, it's... Where is that? Is that on the west side? Yeah, it's in East Rochester. Oh, is Leo's, that East? Yeah, in, Leo's yeah, Leo's Bakery and Deli. Okay. Despatch Road in East Rochester. Interesting. And they have a retail side to it, yeah. a deli side. And let's see what I... It's a bacon chipotle uh, sandwich, and it was it was really great. Boar's mm. had... Um, Boar's had Chipotle Gouda cheese. Hmm. I'm reading now. So they have local <laughs> egg, local pe- uh, Pennsylvania eggs, thinly sliced red onion. It's a sp- bit of a misnomer, isn't it? Spicy, yeah. Spicy. <laughs> you, you mean local, um, local Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania eggs? Yeah, you know, there's. that's also, it depends, right? Yeah, it does. Because depending on how the eggs got here. Right. You know, and how much, you know, if it was trucked here in an 18-wheeler. Yeah versus someone riding their bike with a basket on the front. Maybe right, it really I mean, is a better, le- a better source product than something absolutely. from 15 miles away. No,
0: because, I mean, we've got places that are right on the border of Pennsylvania and New York that, you know, if it's one mile across the border on the New York side, are like, oh, it's New York State, it's local, and one mile across the border, then it's not. Yeah. Um, I, I do fi- I always find the conversation interesting. It is, so. and what everyone are- has their own <laughs> opinions. But Leo's oh, of course.
1: good. 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 Um, Let's see, Marty's. You know, he had he had for a while on the truck. Yep. He had um, a shiitake mushroom egg and cheese. It's a good um, sandwich. Yeah, it really is, and he, and he uses those um, those squeezable rolls. Martin's potato rolls. Oh, yeah, yep. the potato rolls. I, I know
0: when he switched, and you know, he he and I have had lots of discussions about rolls over the years.
1: Yep, and, and <laughs> no, they're good, and I don't. I think that's maybe a seasonal thing. We'll have it at Marty's on Park. Yeah, those are good. And he sautes the mushrooms, and that's just a really straightforward, great sandwich if you don't like the meat. Absolutely. You've had this one probably Zimmerman's hot at the public market.
0: I have. I'm surprised you chose Zimmerman's over Scott's.
1: Well, we, we certainly have had Scott's over the years. Yeah. You know, they use a ton of margarine there. So if yes, you're not a do. margarine fan, um, Zimmerman's I liked a lot, and I had their bologna supreme. Oh, nice. You had that one? No. It's pretty tremendous. Um it's thick cut local bologna. They have a, a hot sauce that they top it with also. Nice. It's really has a, some cinnamon notes in it that's great. Um grilled onions. Um uh, I'm getting closer to the mic. There, how's that? So they're they're doing they're doing bacon and grilled onions, fried eggs. They blanket it with a couple uh slices of American cheese and then they top it with the uh with a meat hot sauce and the thick slab um bologna.
0: Interesting.
1: It's really great.
0: Yeah, see I am definitely drippy. I see I it's you know when you talk about that classic where it's just, you know, meat, cheese, egg. I like a double egg personally. Yeah. I think it makes for a better balanced sandwich.
1: I, I agree. Yeah. It's, I like I like more cheese as well. I Okay. A lot of folks are using one slice because they want the rest of the you know ingredients to shine through. I, I like a lot of cheese on mine. American. I, I I understand the American. Yeah. But I I like that uh, Boris had spicy cheese and okay. Leo's. I mean I don't mind that. At all. See
0: the the wife the wife hates American cheese on anything. I think there's a time and a place for American cheese. I yeah. mean I I love a good cheese, like an actual good cheese. An American isn't, but. There is a time and a place where American cheese is almost perfect. You know, on a greasy hamburger, on a breakfast sandwich, I I think it's, I don't think you can get a better cheese for it with that gooey, slightly sharp flavor to it.
1: Yeah. Melts quickly, which is why I think a lot of them use, use that. Absolutely. But that Zimmerman's is pretty good. Yeah. I liked it. Um, you know, Village Bakery. They I included them. They had some some pretty interesting uh, versions of there.
0: Yep, very popular, multiple locations around town.
1: Yep, the Caroline is is what I had. I had a poached egg on top and yep, Texas had... toast. I had it with arugula on top, which nice. is not normal, but it was I good.
0: Love arugula.
1: So Kevin McCann mm-hmm. had. I talked to him. He was thinking of this the kimchi breakfast sandwich. I had it. Yeah,
0: it's amazing.
1: It's great. Uh, and I included that. I, you know, he he makes an omelet basically out of it, and and has some of the home his homemade kimchi inside. Yeah, I have to get it with a side of kimchi because I want more of it. Oh, yeah. So you yeah. have to ask for that. I just am over the top that way. But that's a that's a very nice sandwich.
0: The kimchi he uses is funky too. He's got some good funk to that kimchi,
1: and he. Pan fries it too, Mm, which I love. Yeah, so that brings out a whole other little caramelized element to it.
0: Yeah, so so here's a few others. Okay, for me now, breakfast sandwiches it's something I I did spend a fair amount of time on just because I, I love them. Um, and when I go out to breakfast, it's one of those go to items. Um, I'm gonna say. Well all, all three of the places at the public market so I'll say Scott's. Yep. Uh the Polish place cherries cherries Ukrainian or
1: Yeah, that's another food food stall there. Yeah, yeah, that yep.
0: that one's that one's quite good. Uh but uh other favorite uh, Vulas with the uh egg sandwich on their uh homemade uh lagana bread. Mhm. Yep. Really tasty. Uh fresh dill, uh some of their cafeteria spread, which has some spicy pepper in it. Um, amazing balance. Mm-hmm. I love that sandwich.
1: Yeah. And a, what's the place in the back of the market? They have a Union Street? Oh,
0: yeah. There's a lot of people love that sandwich. Yeah. A lot of people love it. It's very classic. I mean, very straightforward. Yep. Um, And then, you know, Flower City, they probably have the technically, one of the technically best sandwiches in town. Yep. If you're getting it on their on their roll or their or the croissant, yep. I mean all their stuff. They're technically fantastic from top to bottom.
1: Yeah, love Flower City, and their their pretzels are great. I love their pretzels. It is really good. Yeah, their savory pastries.
0: Mm. Yeah, their mushroom danish is my absolute go to. It's 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 hard it's hard for me to settle on one thing there that I love more than anything else because. Like I used to say, the mushroom, mushroom Danish is one of my five favorite things in Rochester. But then their bread might be too.
1: Yeah, that's that's solid. Yeah, and it's that,
0: it's hard when somebody's that good.
1: <laughs> yeah, they do they do a very nice job, and that's when you talk about those public markets in other cities. It's like every vendor is that quality. Yeah, no matter what they're selling. So yeah, oh, that's exciting. I yep. love stuff like that.
0: I'm trying to think of other exciting breakfast sandwiches I've had because there's, there's so many. I mean, I've had. Oh, what's that? There's,
1: How about on the West Side? Um, I mentioned it in my article here. Yeah. I'm looking for it. And I, I mentioned it because I hadn't had it. And mm. I said, I have to go have it. Schmeg's. Oh, that place is crazy. It's on my list. Yeah. And I have not had it. I've oh, heard great really? things about it. Yeah. So.
0: Uh, the way I describe that place, it is the quintessential um, diners, drive-ins, and dives place here yep. in Rochester. There's no place that defines that show more than Schmegs out in out, out in the West Side. Yeah, I gotta go. Uh, so. They make a lot of things in house. Everything's way bigger and crazier than it should be. Um, it takes the it takes the term balance and kind of just throws it out the window and says, "How about a sandwich with three eggs and a half pound of sausage patty on it?" Yep. Um, it's that kind of place. Well, let's go. Oh, it's, it's, it's really something. It's worth going to. And I, I like the fact that they do all this stuff in-house, too. They make their own bread. Bakes his own bread for sandwiches, which yeah, is crazy. It is. It um, and I love that.
1: Takes a lot to do that. Yeah. Um,
0: well, I think what we're going to do, we're going to take a break. I think we're going to talk Asian food for a while, because I know you did the fa article recently. Yeah,
1: just out. Just yeah.
0: out. And uh, maybe we'll get a preview of what you're working on next and do a little bantering about them. Copy okay. along on that.
1: Love it. Be back.
0: This week's episode of the Food About Town podcast is brought to you by Frankly. And that's frankly.com, P H R A N K L Y.com. Frankly's the best way to find out where your local restaurant sources their food from and how to find that specialty product you love so much. Frankly.com has been recently redesigned, so please check it out and let me know what you think. You can reach me, Strohme at frankly.com. Check out Frankly at frankly.com and join the open-source food movement. All right, and we're back. We're back with a second beer and back for the second half of the podcast with Vince Press from Rochester Magazine to the Democrat and Chronicle. His... Was that every month column, Vince? Every month. Every month column. Yep. I'm in the mood for.
1: Yep, I'm in the mood for. Sprinkled with some re- true reviews every, probably every two months in there yeah. somewhere.
0: Let's talk about restaurant reviewing for a little bit because that's I, I did that for a while.
1: Yep. Um, which Ho- whole different animal than the uh, best of type of list. Yeah, it is.
0: I mean, it's a, you really dive into one place, you try and make it, break it down the best way you know how, which. Um, everybody 's got a different everybody 's got a different style of doing it um, and we have we have people in town that review on a regular basis uh, my, my reviews have become more scarce over time but um now over at the dnc you 've got a few people who review i mean you 've got yourself yep you got tracy Tracy Schumacher still does some reviews She's yep. the she 's the editor yep uh, Amanda Antonor does a fair amount of them she does um i don 't think mark mark Gillespie still does some over at 585.
1: I think so. He does some. Um, But there's not that many anymore. Yeah, not a ton. Um, Because the
0: city kind of stopped publishing restaurant reviews. Um,
1: And I think it's getting, you know, it's more and more difficult. People want, uh, you know, they want to absorb it in a different way, and that's why the best of took off. off. Yeah. Um, You know, I think it's tough to write them because you want people to, you have to engage them the whole way, in and in a best of, you have a list, and so it changes every hundred words. Right. So the review, you want to keep people engaged. You want to talk about, you know, the the ambiance, the the decor, the the booze, the service, and it's a harder animal. I, I I've done. I've had some good luck with. I did Creekside, as I mentioned to you. And that was easy because it was everything about it was really spot on and, and pretty high level.
0: yeah I've been, I've been talking a lot about Farmers Creek site out in Leroy. Yeah. Uh, the fine team out there you know Chris Cracky, at GM drew Chabot over on the uh, beverage side of things and I've had such good experiences out there whether'm whether I've had a you know a planned dinner or just I kind of showed up and wanted to grab some food and some wine I've just had great experiences out there.
1: I have. Did you have the beef on Weck when you were out there? I had
0: it the last time I went out there. What and did you think about it?
1: I thought it was one of the best things I had all year.
0: I had one complaint about it,
1: and I, I mean, talked. I talked to the chef about
0: it while I was there.
1: I, I thought. Wonder, the, I wonder if I can guess what it was. Go ahead. Do you think was it a one-time complaint, i um, was it a
0: I, I've only had it once, so
1: well, could it have been that the the bun was too soggy because it was a little drippy?
0: No, no. i I was good with I was good with almost everything on the sandwich except for one thing.
1: It was too salty? Nope, not too salty. Because I love the drippiness and the saltiness. Yeah, me too. Me too. Okay. Hmm, I don't know.
0: Not enough horseradish.
1: That's interesting.
0: So it's it's a their their take on the beef on whack sandwich has a kind of like slabs of pot roast. Yeah. With a horseradish cream um and then your your wick roll. Yep. which uh for those that aren't buffalo sized like i am uh you got salt on the roll you've got kimwick seeds which are kind of like rye seeds yeah uh on caraway the top. caraway seeds yep. we call them rye seeds cuz yeah. you know it's how we always had it but um makes for a great sandwich but traditionally it's like thin sliced beef with au jus and things like that but this since it has the pot roast and the cream and everything it's so much heaviness that it needs that extra bit of sharpness with the horseradish, and it was a bit restrained for my taste. Mm,
1: pretty picky, you I'm are. A, I'm
0: exceedingly picky, Vince.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I, th- yeah, I think they would take that. Um, I think they would take that one complaint.
0: Yeah, no, and I'm. It's a. It's a really good sandwich, and I, I say those things with with a level of understanding that I'm a. I'm a severe pain in the ass. Yeah, but I'm a stickler. I, I love things to be perfect. Um,
1: Did you order more
0: uh, on cheese. side? Uh, no, I didn't that time. We finished it because, I mean, it was delicious. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I talked to the chef after. I'm like, hey, this is this is my thoughts. And if everybody loves it, great. I'll just order on the side next
1: time. Yeah, it was good. And I think they they take the pot roast and finish it on a flat top which and is, then on the sandwich. Which, which, which... is a great technique because yeah.
0: similar to how uh, Marty's does his brisket for his sandwiches, for yeah. the frisket, yeah.
1: Yeah, it was good. Loved it. Yeah, I love that place. I think the first, I've done six reviews in total probably. Okay. Well, the first one I did, true review, was at Swiftwater.
0: Okay, that's a great place to review.
1: It was a great place. And the, and the Stromboli they have there is again one of the other things that I loved that, that year. And it mm-hmm. was probably a year ago I did it. It was a really great Stromboli.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a really smart uh, I think the whole menu there is very smart. It's taking a limited menu with, you know, a limited capability kitchen and turning it into something that is definitely more than the sum of its parts, a lot of local sourcing, a lot of fine techniques for such a small place and they don't have to be good.
1: Yeah, it's true and they, that's a kind of a a bigger city thing to do. Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Austin, Seattle, where you go into a place you don't expect to have great food, and it it surprises the hell out of you. Absolutely,
0: I remember having um like their house made you know charcuterie plate, and it had they like candied their own nuts, but they spiced them really well. And it was all the little subtle touches that they did that they had they didn't need to do as a brewery. Yep. And they could just throw out salted nuts and you know serve some chips and some nachos and be done. And I thought they they stepped it up a bit, which was kind of nice.
1: And you bring up another I don't get to gripe as much oh, because of my best of column, which yeah. is normally positive. Oh let, but.
0: let's all right, let's do it. So let's hold on, let hold on, let's let's reset.
1: We'll reset. We're gonna reset. We mentioned this. I griped a little in the first set about the same thing. Yeah. But, but we're
0: we're gonna we're gonna reset. All right. And now and now it's Gripes Around Town with Vince Press.
1: <laughs> and we're not gonna we're not gonna pu- <laughs> Poke fingers at anybody, but yeah. i I do think you know we I pointed out a small portion size in the first set, right, and that's a pet peeve of mine, and I think it's a kind of a Rochester thing where you the mar- maybe you're thinking of margins as an owner or a chef, but for the the charcuterie and cheese plates mm. I found in this city, and I don't travel a ton, but I travel enough to know we skimp on our charcuterie plates. Interesting. Here. I, they're for if you look at Instagram and I understand people embellish some of their posts. Right. But you can, you got to serve more meat and cheese on your uh, meat and cheese trays.
0: Interesting. See, I also part of part of me wonders is if we're not if we're not comfortable paying the prices it takes to give quantities that are worth ordering.
1: It's a small town, I, yeah. I've I've said, and if you're doing things correctly, word travels. Yeah. You'll, you'll talk about it, I'll talk about it, Tracy will talk about it. Everyone, the chefs will talk about right. it. Right. And if you get this charcuterie with three or four types of meat and some some crazy jams and some nuts mm-hmm. and it's overflowing and you bring some home, you're gonna talk about it and, and people are gonna watch it past their table and say, I want one of those. Mm. And you you just have to do it. Um, Car- Carlos Ortiz is a photographer for DNC. Yeah, I've seen the name a lot. He, if you follow him, he he was in Spain, I think, he, where he's from, and he okay. posted these pictures a few months ago of some of the stuff. You know, comparing Europe, you know, now, but well, in the,
0: Spain, of course, uh, well known for their uh, your cured meats. Yeah,
1: I mean, they put it on the platter. It's not going to go to waste if you got to charge another two bucks. So be it. Just wow, people.
0: Yeah, but it's an interesting thought. I mean, you you want to consistently make people interested, and there's places around town that really do a good job of making their food ready for social media, yep. and ready to make people you know pop out of their chairs a
1: little bit. Yep, and there's some good charcuteries around. Town Absolutely, for sure. But I, I constantly find, yeah, you know, and I find on a service personnel level also, that, you know, there should be two bartenders when there's one. There should be five servers when there's four. And I think... I, I go to a lot of bars, and there's some really great places and people doing wonderful things. Um, but I think you you almost always want two bartenders. You never want a bartender to turn their back to their patrons. And a lot of times... um. There's a bartender that's ringing out checks, five, six, eight checks, when they could be pouring drinks and separating people from their money. Sure. As a bar proprietor, I think on a Saturday or Friday night, you don't want that bartender doing anything except making drinks and serving them. Yeah. Get someone else to, you know, take care of the register. Pour drinks.
0: I like that thought. Um, you know it brings up the, brings up to mind I was listening to uh, the Evan Dawson show today mm-hmm. uh, connections yep he doesn 't like when I call it the Evan Dawson show, but it 's the Evan Dawson show as far <laughs> as i 'm concerned. Um, I was listening to that today, and they were talking about the um, the new uh, tip um, saved tip uh, i 'm going to butcher this but it 's the um, talking about basically where the minimum wage for tipped um, tipped people yep. is lower than the actual minimum wage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if they don't make enough tips, the business has to make up for it to mm-hmm. get up to minimum wage. Um, the last time, the first time they talked about it, they had uh, Art Rogers on from Lento mm-hmm. and they had uh, more of the business side of things. This time they had more like the uh, fight for 15 kind of people mm-hmm. on uh, social justice kind of um, kind of people on. And the topic was uh, very contentious today. Uh, they had, you know, Art called in to talk again talk about, you know, some of the struggles of a small business with, you know, keeping people on. I just think the topic's fascinating, considering how it's very contentious to listen to it from, uh, you know, management side and from the uh, social justice side of things and proper wages. I found it fascinating.
1: Yeah, and there is no question. I realize personnel is a tough deal. It yeah. doesn't matter if you're in hospitality business if you're in a professional services business, um, if you own a gas station, it doesn't matter. I mean, personnel, great help is hard to find no matter the level or the discipline. There's right. zero question. I just think when you have, you know, when you have a, a bar and you're trying to make it work, for all the money and effort you put into a bar or restaurant to have an extra staff person on pales in comparison to everything you put into it, and even if you only have eight covers that night, or you have ten people at the bar, it's going to be a better experience, and you'll, you'll, your reputation will improve for being, you know, having two great people that have great scans and don't turn their back. and And as soon as your drink is three quarters empty, they're talking to you about the next one.
0: Yeah. One I've also noticed over reading your reviews you pay a lot of attention to service and you you're a, kind of a stickler for ambiance as well
1: yeah i i like it I, I think you know i reviewed a a restaurant at a winery in the finger lakes and i think i dinged them on a few things although it was a, it was a great place and and some of the wines were great you know they they forgot one of the cheeses on the cheese board mm-hmm. and dinged them for that and they had <laughs> these great slatted tables kind of small cute Um, shaker-style tables with slats and all the silverware fell through them because they didn't put a glass top on it. (laughs) Yep. uh, You know, things like that, I think. When you start a business, and I've started a couple in my life a long time ago, I get there's a lot to do, but, you know, there are certain things. There are certain things you have to do, and you got to listen to people, too. And I know that uh, if you have more than one or two suggestions... Like if, if Chris hears he needs to serve more uh, horseradish or there's <laughs> a chef out there, <laughs> they're to ask, yeah. hey, this comes with a certain amount, but right. we'll give you more if you want. We don't want to overload people with right. it. Right.
0: It's a balance. What was your uh, what was your business experience before? What, what were you working on at the time?
1: Oh, I was software. I invented, uh, back in Virginia, I invented uh, baby naming software. <gasps> really? In another lifetime. Yeah. And sold it to all the big <coughs> stores, and it was huh. like find the best name for your baby when I was interesting in the DC area. Yeah, well, that's kind of cool. Did pretty well actually. Yeah?
0: That's kind of interesting. Yeah, back then. Yeah. What so, so? Did did you go? Do you have kids? Did you have interesting names?
1: I have a 16 year old boy and 11 an year old girl, Max and Ruby. So all right. Yeah. So that's a kids. Show, so yeah. I guess it's interesting. It's a, a show about bunnies. It's right now, yeah. Max and Ruby. So, yeah, yeah.
0: Interesting. You caught on before the show did.
1: Yeah, that was. we were three of us. Nobody had kids. Three men in a baby naming software package. So that's <laughs> we got all our <laughs> PR. Yeah. Washington Post, um Today Show. I mean it was crazy all the press we got. Well that's kind of um, cool. Be, you know right when the internet was catching on. So yeah, not food related.
0: Yeah, but, but I didn't I didn't know you did the the whole startup thing. That's yeah, kind of neat. Yeah, way
1: back at one time we had I think we had a million and a half dollars worth of stock after someone bought our software to put on the internet and huh. then the bubble burst. Of course. And it was went from a million and a half dollars to 30,000. Wow. So the three of us ended up splitting 30,000 bucks and wow. a million and a half yeah uh yeah that that's 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 a bit of a kick in the pants <laughs> in isn't it in <laughs> the 90s in the late 90s yeah so. yeah right right
0: at that i I, I, yep. mean, I was in high school at the time admittedly but yep so that would
1: have <laughs> been uh that would have been good
0: yeah that's not bad
1: but it turned out to be just an experience so.
0: yeah well it's a, it's a fascinating experience because i'm I'm kind of going through the whole startup thing myself right now, so
1: yeah well, let's talk about it
0: yeah, it's fascinating yeah i'm I've got my my one of my other side gigs it's uh frankly we're doing uh, transparency and sourcing and distribution of food and drink, trying to uh let people know how to find their favorite specialty products and also mm-hmm. Uh, show where the restaurants are f- sourcing from when it comes to farms and things like that nice so yeah we're we 've got a development team around me, and i 'm kind of the front facing go out and talk to people kind of guy okay so they 're all computer programmers and i 'm the uh I go out and talk to people so it's it 's been a blast so far
1: well I have Almost free ideas, so feel free to ask anytime. Oh, I love it.
0: No, I'm 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 excited. I'm, it's it's great to get the feedback because we're we're developing, we're moving fast, just like a startup should. So yeah, man, yeah, it's a blast. Um, don't get enough sleep, but you know what? You got to do you got to do exciting stuff.
1: Yeah, you, you you differentiate yourself. Yeah, I mean you you just have to. I t- I tell that to my kids is get noticed. Yeah, I mean, that's sports school. They don't listen, but maybe you will
0: <laughs> well, it's you know what it's the kind of thing that I went so many years being anonymous in the world, um, not only you know just generally in, in my day-to-day job, in my social life in everything, and you, you, you get the, it's, you get super restless. I know I did, and now that I've got things going on i I just wanna, I just want to grab it all and keep on moving and keep on doing cool stuff. Yep. So nice. it's, it's great advice. You know, try. You got to be noticed one way or the other.
1: Yep. You do. No matter what the business is. Yeah. For the most part.
0: And sometimes, sometimes people don't like you. I know. I got some uh, restaurant reviews that got a little bit of negative feedback. Have you gotten any negative
1: feedback in yours? Uh, I don't get negative feedback. The best of, as you know, someone will always. Actually, the the fuck column I just did is actually doing pretty well. I you know I had yeah. 200 something likes and a bunch of comments on the DNC. Yeah. which I was and the pictures great too and I think that really makes a difference. Well, fuzz is great. This.
0: It takes takes for great pictures. It
1: does. And that it's I very think catches your eye versus some of the other ones but there's a few I f- I forgot a couple but I didn't forget them. I just didn't include them. I wanted to <laughs> include some outliers and and the, some of the usual suspects I left off because I only include five or six. So there's right. always people that say, "How could you do this?" and "How could you do that?" Yeah, but um, that's kind
0: of that's not bad. That means they're reading. That right, means they're paying it's attention. Not bad.
1: And on the review side, you know, if I say a couple of minor things, you'll get a cold shoulder from a chef who, yeah, uh, either doesn't call you back uh, or whatever. But that's no, I, nice. I, I I have I've never you know the, the point is not to slam anybody. Although. No. I would I I would want to sometimes and I think it's deserved <laughs> but I you know I you have to step it's like waiting 24 hours to send that angry email to somebody. Yeah. So
0: I, I had a couple of those incidences where where I got uh, the angry email to my editor. Um yeah, it, it not not that many times. I would say only two or three. Yep. but I got the angry email to the editor and passed it on to me like like do you have any change I'm like no not really I mean it was what it was and I right. I only tried to depict reality as best I can
1: Yeah I think I mean what's more I, thankfully haven't made a lot of mistakes there's been a couple addresses I've gotten wrong when I turned yeah. in my article and a phone number but so somebody'll call that. up but then I mean who's who's using phone numbers anymore from the <laughs> from the print version of unless they're clickable but right. I, I just think those kind of I don't even know why we include them. Sometimes. Speaking but. of
0: which, have you? I don't know. I'm. I know. I'm. Uh, you know. Maybe half a generation younger. But, you ever had the situation when you have the newspaper in front of you and it's a little bit too far away, and you put your fingers on it and you stretch them out to try and zoom in on the
1: text? I don't know if I've done that yet. <laughs> actually,
0: I've done it before, and it's really embarrassing in my own head when I do it. It's pretty interesting. <laughs> you you get so ingrained with the habit. Yeah. And I tried. I tried to stretch out a piece of paper. I'm like, oh, oh god, did I did I just do that? Oh my god, that's depressing.
1: <laughs> I guess I could <laughs> I could see a magazine, maybe because yeah. you get the glossiness of a magazine. It could have been paper. a magazine.
0: Truthfully, I don't remember if it was a newspaper or a magazine. That's but funny. Yeah, well, let's talk about your pho article for a second. I'm a I'm a big fan. I'm a bit of an Asian food nerd, and yeah, me too. I'm I'm interested I'm to gonna- see what pho places that you went because. Um, I, I really enjoy our Vietnamese and Vietnamese-related scene here yeah, in Rochester. for sure.
1: And I did. I've been wanting to do fun for a while. I did a ramen piece now, a couple of years ago. Sure.
0: Yeah, which uh, I think
1: whole different animal. Yeah, which
0: would be a lot. It'd be a lot different today. Although it would still be some of the same today.
1: Yeah, it would be. I'm I'm holding up. My The cover photo right now oh, for yeah. you to see, it's Saigon pho. Yeah, which
0: you right around the corner from where I work.
1: Yeah, and that Saigon pho up on Lyle, I think it set the standard for me. Um, <laughs> and there's some good ones around. It was, you know, this is a Viet, Vietnamese soup, um, you know, rice noodle for those who don't know. You know, usual, usually chilies, a bone broth. Uh, scallions, some really good stuff, simple, and it's just, in the winter, it's unmatched in terms of a warming, therapeutic soup, right? Yeah,
0: and it's definitely more of a broth. It's not thick like a stew. No. Uh, It's definitely, it's like, it's a thin broth, but it has this defined richness, not only from the spices, but from that it's cooked usually with a lot of bones to give it this, it's got this bit of unctuousness to it, Not quite as much as like a tonkatsu ramen where it's like milky and cloudy. Right. It's still clear, but it's got this really developed flavor to it usually.
1: It does. And it it comes from boiling bones, you know, for anywhere between four and 24 hours. So you get a a sheen on the top, this silky kind of fatty sheen on top. Mm. And it. The if you haven't had it, the the fla- you don't think it's going to have a ton of flavor, and it has. It's like wonton soup if you've had that, but on steroids.
0: Yeah, it's the it's the absolute pinnacle of that kind of broth. It's got you know some of the warming spices. Usually has like star anise in it, yep. and you'll finish it off with these great fixins like Thai basil and bean sprouts. Uh, you know, sliced. And usually they give you jalapenos because people don't actually want the proper chilies. Right. But, you know, if you use Thai bird chilies, which... Oh,
1: I would love something other than jalapenos. in it. uh, isn't it? yeah. It'd be
0: nice, wouldn't it? I mean, places have them. I think you just have to ask. And they assume, uh, they assume when you're white that you want jalapenos.
1: Yep. Um, which which no we No offense.
0: Are. Yeah. Typically, they're right.
1: So, yeah. and I, So Saigon Fa up there on Lyle is a good starting point for anybody. I 100% it? agree. Lyle and Mount Reed uh the proteins in it can be anything from very thinly shaved beef um whether it's um tenderloin or otherwise there are chicken versions out there there you could get tripe you could get a mixed bag a combo if you will Yeah
0: it's your uh, in viet if you ever see it on a, uh, any of the dishes it'll be a duck biet and that'll yes. be your your mixed um you know sometimes it'll be tendon and Yep, Uh, tripe and meatball and all sorts of deliciousness. Yep, and Mm. so
1: that's a good adventurous. The meatballs are usually a gelatinous kind of spongy, very springy. Yeah, yeah, great. And I, I would go up and start there. Now, some of the other spots, let's see, and and usually they're they're rice noodles, and that's a very lily white, slippery noodle ramen. You would have a different type of noodle, a wheat, an egg noodle. Right, yeah, the
0: alkaline noodles. While the the Viet noodles are they're kind of like glass noodles or very very clear rice noodles, very very pleasant texture.
1: Yep. Uh, Blue taro. Yeah, right? which I, I haven't taro. been to yet. So that is uh that's on Monroe Ave, and it used to be Le Lemongrass. Um, yeah, eight years ago, mm-hmm. same owner. So I went there and had a their chicken version of, pho. Mm. and so they have a few different versions, and the chicken version was very good, it really really light. Uh, fresh lime on the side, you squeeze in if you nice. can imagine that, and and scallions and bean sprouts and noodles and a little hot sauce, and usually you have a um, a duck sauce a duck sauce or a hoisin on the side. Yeah,
0: I I do love squeezing lime on and in and around dishes. I think lime is one of my favorite food accoutrements in all almost. There's a lot of different cuisines.
1: It opens everything up. It's, it really does. Yeah,
0: I, I love acidity, though. I love acidity.
1: It's uh, so I'm showing you pictures, and there's nothing. Oh, that's nice. It, yeah, that's flavors of Asia on South Clinton. You know,
0: I've heard good things. I, I've heard good things in that it uh, changed a little bit in the last uh, year or so.
1: Yeah, it it has. Um, and and the owner's been I the same for a few years, okay. but I think they. It's a small room. Uh, I had their their beef flank for there. Sure. Uh, really great. Um, let's see. Interesting. Another place I went, the walk. And so, do you remember where that was?
0: Yeah, was it that in RIT? It I, was it RIT? I remember. I mean, the first iteration of that park place or whatever yeah, it was. That's exactly right. When like half the places either died or changed into other things, the only place it was there for is still there is Love and Cup. Yeah, and I know there's more stuff there now that didn't used to be there.
1: So now it's over by U of R, right over the pedestrian bridge on Genesee Street. Oh I didn't know it was west I didn't, side I didn't the know, know it was
0: related. That area over there is actually very interesting for food.
1: It's interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's a um there's a diner over there. I think it's Brooks Landing. They do um Korean food at yep. the uh diner, so it's like half American diner food and half like uh, Korean counter food. Yep. Which that's fantastic! I love that place. Yeah, there's really a cool. couple.
1: Yeah, and and so this place, the walk, it, it's definitely worth going to. It's a okay. bigger space. Uh, I had their seafood. Pho. I tried to mix it Ooh, up and nice. a beef and and they they're real deal. They have a little pepper plant growing, and they pluck the peppers off of it oh, and cool. put them on your table. Nice. Um, their their secret was a culantro leaf ah. related to cilantro, right. but a culantro, and that's what. They told me they really use in Vietnam.
0: Interesting. Um, well, that that's fascinating that they're actually using it because uh, very few people bother sourcing it around here.
1: Yeah, um, they brought you... it out and showed me and said, really? "This is what is now." Whether it truly makes a difference, the broth is is clearly the key to this, of course. Um, but that that was great. Uh, I really liked it a lot, and white pepper and some of the subtle ingredients, but uh, aromatic and. Nonetheless, uh, really great. And then let's see the last place. Oh, C. You know, many people maybe may only know C restaurant on Monroe. Yeah,
0: it's uh, I think for a lot of people the most approachable of the Viet related places. Yep. Uh, right on right on Monroe. Very friendly. I think a lot of the dishes are. Um, I don't know the very easy dishes on, on the menu there for sure.
1: Yep, and they they actually give you an option there of noodles. So oh, okay, you, so you could put an alkaline noodle in there. Oh, interesting. You could use their standard um, rice noodle. Yeah, and it's a good spot. It's very nice, and across from another great place, of course, Cedar, which uh, I saw you at recently. Hard to beat. Yeah,
0: we ran into each other at, um, you know, the go-to Lebanese. Uh, semi fast casual places here in town.
1: Yeah, really great. love that
0: place. I was thinking about pho because there is places that have come and gone that have done pho because there was um one of, one of the people one of the places that people loved which was uh Pho Duong Dong over on Otis Street yep. that's no longer there.
1: Yeah, that was tough to get to, but not a great location. No, not a
0: great location.
1: Uh, but um, that was great. And then the place on Monroe, Lower Monroe, um, Dock, uh, like oh. I think it's Doc Ho. Yeah, Dock Ho. Yeah, yeah, that's, that, that's, yeah still Dock um, that's still over
0: there. That's still over there. What was it now? me? did for a while at their other location. Yeah, they did.
1: Um, and I there's another, now a little lemongrass opened up down the street from... Yeah, it's just lemongrass cuz oh, they used to right. used to be
0: uh fuv yet.
1: Yes, And that's they right. they still
0: do fua as well.
1: Yeah, so I don't know uh I don't know how that is. I've heard
0: I've heard pretty good. Uh I don't think I've had it there but I've heard pretty good from from some of my friends that are uh snobs. Yep. Um yeah, I don't, there's not that many places that do no. it. Um I think I think that might be just about it. It's hard well, there's Nam Vang, which is right next to Saigon yep. Fa. And I don't want to forget about them because they're they're good people too. They do some good food.
1: Yep. Saigon Fa has you know, I did a banh Mi piece mm. a year and a half ago, but Saigon Fa has this three for ten dollar deal. Yeah, they do. That's could be one of the better deals in town.
0: Yeah, they they only do the one style, they do the cold cut variety of banh Mi and it's uh it's classic from top to bottom.
1: Yeah. It's great. Um,
0: I've I've seen uh, seen the bread come in, and it's it's good bread too. It's good bánh mì bread.
1: It's good bánh mì bread, and we you know we talk about the pho and the you know the sub Vietnamese submarine sandwich, and and people may not realize the the French influence you know in the French rule uh, in Vietnam that brought such things as some of the spices and the bread. When they yeah. say oh it's, they eat sandwiches in an Asian country, but in fact. You know, they do, and that's yeah, where and some it came of the, from. some
0: of the techniques, too. Yeah. You see, I mean, the, the banh mi roll is basically a modified baguette with rice flour in it in a lot of ways. Yep. And you'll see, you know, pâté on the sandwiches and, you know, very classic French techniques in yeah. a lot of these things. And I mean, beef
1: beef didn't exist, really, in Vietnam. Vietnam, It was too expensive in raising right. cattle. And, and so they did have pho, a, a rendition of pho before before the french rule but the i think the french brought that meat to the game and, yeah. and it, it expanded into the south uh into saigon and then they started doing crazy things with pho and all the accoutrements and mm. it was a bland dish in the north and hanoi and then it expanded to the south and they got wild with it <laughs> got wild and delicious because i mean that's that's i think what a lot
0: of people grow to love is that that impactful broth, you know, with all that all that stuff going on. Well, so we talked about some of your gripes. What are you excited about? What's is there anything grabbed you recently in town that has been kind of a revelation to you?
1: Well, let's see, off the top of my head, clearly coffee services around town have taken yeah. off, and if you like coffee, I'm excited about Bar Bantam, yeah, and the it's, Metropolitan.
0: It's hard not to. I'm I've followed uh, Sean Sean O'Donnell. He's the head chef over there since. You know he was working with uh, Paul Veron over at Aunt Rosie's, yep. and you know his time working over at uh, Next Door over there, and I, I, he's one of the one of the younger chefs in town that I've. It was only a matter of time until he got his own place, and I'm I could not be more excited about what's going yeah. on over there.
1: So I can't wait for that. I know there's been some menu changeovers. Bronca and Bitter Honey both have had a menu changeover, and I have to actually go experience both those yeah I went
0: I went to the uh, bitter honey uh, when the new menu came out there Good. Um, yeah definitely it's um, it's the change that I think the people who've been following it wanted to see uh, at least it's, it's the change I wanted to see yep um I really enjoyed the meal we had um, I'm I'm gonna come out of semi retirement of writing review and actually write one of our experience we had there so oh, nice that might be out by now depending on when this comes out so uh, yeah, it was a really good experience and um, I think that place the place is gonna make its mark yeah uh, coming up in the next this menu and the next menu that comes out at some point
1: I'd like to get as I mentioned to you I haven't been to the new Ron cones mm um, and I have to get there. It's I, that uh, I,
0: classic triumvirate of old school Italian right. American places over in the Lyle Ave yep. uh J Street area.
1: Yep. I have to get there. Uh the new Chinese place on um on park. I have not been there for yeah. the, some of the dumplings.
0: Yeah, I've heard some up and downs from people already Me too. about the place. So I'm I'm always open to go and try it myself though.
1: Yep. I think I told you, I I briefly mentioned I haven't been anywhere super exciting lately, but I went to, I was in New York the other day. Yeah. I watched the Bills uh, Jaguars game at the Big Bills Bar. Uh, McFadden's on the west side, 2nd Avenue, east side, sorry. Uh, Yeah, the wings were all right. It was, yeah, a good place for us to watch it. Oh, sure. So that night, I went to the Spotted Pig in the West Village,
0: which is, uh, geez, now it's it's famous and infamous all at the same right, time.
1: Yeah, for a number of different reasons. But yeah. you know, Christmas lights and you know, very dark bar. And I had their their blue cheese burger that everybody talks about with the, the famous to, burger. Yeah, the tobacco fries, and it was great. Lamb burger, right? Uh, that's a beef burger. That one's I, a beef one. Yeah, they may have a lamb burger, but okay. I think it's a beef burger. Okay, gotcha. Um, and that was on Brioche and it was very good. And then I walked, it was chilly. It, it, I have a picture of this cute little West Village neighborhood with the um One World Trade Center, you know, down the street. It's of the course. only tall building you can see from this nestled in the West Village all the way all the way down Greenwich uh, Avenue. It's a really cool scene. But I walked five blocks up to Chelsea Market, which is now booming where the food network is filmed. Yeah, yeah. And I got there right before 10 p.m. to try one of the food stalls—very fresh noodles, where they make, they pull their own noodles. There, they have a great. Are they the, feed. the hand
0: stretch noodles, yeah. where they either spin them around and slapping them yep. down and stuff?
1: Yep. And they have these bowls. Um, and I just wanted it so badly. I was already f- filled up from <laughs> the booze and the burger. <laughs> And I got there at 9:55 p.m. Yeah. and I got uh and this I think had it had ground pork in it. Mm. They ladled in this chili oil that was house made, uh, these <laughs> noodles <laughs> and scallions and some little bits of veggies. It was unbelievable. Oh, and sounds I, awesome. And I choked it down because I was so full because it was so good. It was just indescribable. When you talk about noodles, and we have some noodle places in town, we do um, that actually don't have a ton of noodles on the menu, which is strange.
0: Yeah, and I think I think it's one of those things that we need. I mean, from being an Asian food kind of an Asian food nerd, I, I think we need that that hand pulled noodle thing, especially yeah. when they slice them. If they do it really thick, and then they like hand slice them in these odd shapes and sizes. The texture of those hand pulled noodles with something like simple like that presentation with the chili oil and oh and, it's it's really amazing how simple that is and how perfect it is
1: yeah heavy and you oh, just, they're I, so good I, and I I can almost I can almost tolerate any heat level mm. at all yeah whatever chili you you throw my way and the chili oil there was just so fragrant. And rich, mm. it just wasn't your standard, you know, Chinese chili oil. You right. get it it, 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 it was this out of body experience because you knew they made it there. <sighs> oh, you're killing me! Vince. It killed your nose and your eyes. Oh. It's like a hot pot when yeah. you have a real deal hot pot, which I haven't had in Asia. I've had them here, right, in a few places. It just it it kills you all over the place. I'm so excited that yeah. that
0: sounds so good. I. I well, oh, I need hand-pulled noodles now, man. Problem is I have to drive to get hand-pulled noodles. I have to yeah. probably drive to Toronto or Pittsburgh to get some hand-pulled noodles, man.
1: The, those are maybe the two closest places, actually, to go. Yeah. I mean, maybe we should run back up to Toronto. We should definitely go to New York and try a couple of those because oh. there's a few, a couple of places in Brooklyn and... And this place in Chelsea Market—it's—they're it, unbelievable. I can't—I can't describe how different they are yeah. than what you may have had before, or what the listener has had.
0: That sounds amazing. Oh, oh man! Well, I think what we're going to do is we're going to call it for today. Save some other stuff for yeah, another thanks time. Thanks for having me. Um, you can check out Vince Press every month in the Rochester Magazine Democrat and Chronicle. His article—I'm in the mood for. You can also check out his sporadic reviews in the Democrat and Chronicle. See what he thinks about the decor and service at some of your favorite places around Rochester.
1: Mr. Press, thanks for coming over, buddy. Thanks again. See you soon. Bye.